What's up, hit record Joe Stans? Uh, it's <laughs> your boy, Adam Sidorius, coming back at you live from the AOK studio. It's been a little bit of a hiatus, but hey, it's all gravy, baby. Mm-hmm. We're here. We're here live. We're here fresh. We're here. Uh, we're here pretty excited today because Kendrick mm-hmm. just announced a new album. Joe's buzzing right now. That's why he couldn't do the opening. He, he's mm-hmm. like he's like running. If you guys saw the cat in the hat movie, like from thing one and thing two are like running on the ceilings. That's what mm-hmm. Joe was just doing in the studio. I'm freaking out. I'm twerking. Uh, and I know we might have had a we had a hiatus, but we're coming back on a high. We're about to drop another banger episode on you guys. Yeah, man. I think um you're scaring Jamie a little bit when you yeah, were dude. running up the ceiling. He uh he left the studio. He's he he's he he's outside. He's smoking a cigarette. I think he's in the lobby now. I think he's mm. he's he's cooling off a little bit. But okay. yeah, it was too hot outside. Yeah, you you were you were scaring the hose a little bit, man. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I think. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, Con- or Kanye, Kendrick just announced a new album, uh, yeah. and we before the pod we were talking about like all the shows that are coming back, um, yeah. and how I'm like, well, I want to talk about Better Call Saul, I want to talk about Atlanta, even though yeah. it's it's going on right now, but it's not fully done. So I think we're gonna save Atlanta until it's actually done. Which you know what's crazy? Atlanta's been off the air for so long that I want to say, have they not had a new season since we started the pod? I think so. I think I think the pod is is kind of. And we've like, had the pod for three years. You could have had a, a child in between the most recent seasons of Atlanta. Dude, you could have three fucking kids. In the <laughs> uh, and it would have been worth the wait. Spoiler alert for what we think about it. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna do an episode closer to, or like when after it's over. And same thing with Better Call Saul, I think. But um. Because it's funny, we were uh, we were gonna do a catch up corner app today. Uh, spoilers in case you haven't read the title of what you clicked on. Um, and then we were like, well, what else should we talk about? And then we're like, well, nothing's really over, like TV wise. Even though we're all we're both, I think. And I always make fun of Joey for not being a TV guy. I'm like, you're missing a lot of good TV, dude. Um, but the thing is, like, everything's coming back right now. Uh, so we will have a lot of TV pods in the future. Um, but for now, there is one show that wrapped up recently. Um, a show that Joey, I believe, you watched in one day. I did. Uh, I, it was like I watched the SNL that Jake Gyllenhaal hosted, uh-huh. and then it was like twelve thirty, and then I watched. I was like, okay, let me try this Severance show out because Adam told me that the finale. Yeah, we're was talking really Severance, good. guys. We're talking Severance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, if you haven't seen Severance. Um, skip ahead to the next topic. Yeah, because there's no way to talk about it without spoiling it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, but yeah. So we're we're talking Severance, the new Apple TV show, uh, created by Ben Stiller, um, starring Adam Scott. Um, so is this a show that you started because of the buzz around it? Because it is mm-hmm. getting a lot of Twitter buzz at the moment. Well, because my my parents watched it, um, and I heard them screaming in the other room at the finale, so I was like, I I gotta check this movie. I gotta check this shit out. Um, And uh, I watched the first two episodes on uh, the after SNL at like two, and I was done at like two in the morning, and then I watched the rest of the show the following day. Yeah, man. Um, I watched it mostly week to week. Like, I think I watched, like, the first four I kept up with week to week. And then 
somewhere along the way I like stopped because I was like, I bet it would be really cool if I could just like binge this. Uh, so I waited until like the week of the finale to catch up again. Uh, and then I caught up on like, I forgot how many remaining episodes there were by that point. But I remember I binged like four or five episodes back to back. And um, I, I fucking love this show, dude. I, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's like, it's one of the best TV debuts I, I've seen in like, dude, I can't remember the last time I felt this way about like a first season of a show. Um, because a lot of good shows, they take their time to find their stride. I think, mm-hmm. um, they, they very much like, uh, they need to find the ground to run on, I think, but it's really amazing how confident this feels right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, yeah, it's such a, it, I don't know. And it, it, it's so cool. Like I'd say the first, like the, the way that the show opens is one of like the most intriguing openings to a show that you can't, you could write. Uh, and it, it's, it, it kind of, and after that, it just keeps, each episode is, is kind of, each episode just kind of, you kind of go further and further down this rabbit hole. And then now it's like, I'm angry that there's not more episodes for me to watch. Like I am so hooked on this show and it's kind of like, it's, it, it, it has a bit of a twin peaks vibe to it where there's that, these, these, all these kind of looming questions and you're not sure what's going on. But, um, at the core of it, there is this super investing story of this kind of the, these group of uh, these innies uh, and kind of watching them and kind of I, what I love most about the show, I think, is that it's kind of it, it is a weird comparison to make. But one of the things I love about being John Malkovich is that I think he uh, Charlie Kaufman and Spike Jones really explore that idea to the fullest. They kind of look at it from every angle. And I think Severance, what it does so it's such a great job with, is it's able to it explores every facet of this central concept, uh, the 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 severing of your brain and having two separate personalities, one at work and one at not. They're able to explore it on like a practical level, a metaphorical level, and a like an like a like a moral level. They kind of are able to attack it from every kind of uh, angle. And you kind of there's there's a bunch of episodes where I was like, oh, that's a really interesting. I didn't think about that, but that's a really interesting kind of facet to this idea that I wouldn't have, you know, thought on first instinct. So I think that they, it's a, it's a very well-written show. Yeah. And it's also like one of those shows that I think is pretty much universally relatable to Mm -hmm. anyone that's ever had a job they don't like, (laughs) Um, which is already like, I love shows like that or like any form of media that is just like immediately relatable to like anyone. That's why, like, I think, you know, like things like Lady Bird, like that's a movie that is like, I could genuinely show that to anybody and someone some way could relate to it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. severance is a show where I think even if you're not like completely down with the style or anything, there's a lot of truth in what it's saying about like um, corporations and capitalism and like what it's trying to say about like what it means to like give yourself over to a company basically. And that whole like notion, like I love, the whole like metaphorical like but like like literally depicting like the person that you are at work and the person you are outside are two different entities is such a very interesting concept and like you said they go for it to the fullest extent that they possibly can like they don't just half-ass because i think so many shows um they take a concept right and they just simmer in that concept you know they just like kind of like have the concept and they think that's enough to justify its existence 
but it's not. And it's refreshing to see a show that has a great concept and it doesn't stop there. It just keeps going. It keeps going. It keeps going. And even to the extent of where it's like, it goes further than I expected it to. It goes further than I would have ever expected any show to go. Because I think it, because you wouldn't think when it first started, I thought they were just going to focus on Adam Scott's character. Um, like mm-hmm. primarily, but I love that you by the end get to know every single character of the entire show in a genuinely fleshed out way. Um, that feels like dynamic, it feels mm-hmm. like sincere, it feels like it, it just, and that's also part of the charm of it is because like you are only focused on Adam Scott in the beginning, but that's because that's literally the that's the intention, that's the that's the reason of the company, right. Mm-hmm. They don't want him to get to know his coworkers. So the more that he finds out about them, the more you as an audience member find out about them. And then the, that's when Ben Stiller as a director allows you to, or allows their stories to be told when the rules are being bent a little bit more, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's I, one of those things too, where it's like yeah. the way the show is so well written and it's fully realized but it's also i i have no clue where it's going i have no it's kind of that uh to to we we're talking about saul saul is kind of this big we you know the la- this last season is a big question mark of you know where the fuck is this going uh and how are they going to wrap this up and with this show it's like what are they going what the fuck it's like even bigger than that where it's like oh my good there's like nine things that i have no idea about i have no idea where most of the show is going yeah yeah no i have no clue like i mean because mm-hmm. season two i i don't want to fully like outright spoil the ending of the show but season one and i don't mince words when i say has quite literally the biggest cliffhanger i've ever seen for mm-hmm. a tv show like it 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 stops mid sentence, I believe, or like mid talking point. Like a character says something and then it cuts to black, and you don't see the follow up to that. Yeah, and then if there's so many, uh, I mean, to talk briefly about that last episode, one of the most like satisfying and like well constructed finales to a show, just to yeah. see. Uh, are we talking spoilers? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna put timestamps in the episode, so if you do not want to hear severance spoilers. Jump ahead to the next timestamp. I think the next thing we're talking about is everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, so skip ahead to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, to see the innies uh, out uh, was insane. And just the constant, the the kind of the, the cutting between the three narratives, uh, cutting between the four narratives, really. Uh, was just so one of the most like nail biting intense pieces of like entertainment I've seen in a long time, and it's it's so and then it's also like that ending it provides some answers, uh, but it only introduces more questions and it, it's just this whole big like we know that she's an Egan, but then it's like oh well how is she how what are they gonna do with her when she like wakes back up because the episode yeah. ends he t- he takes his hands off of the of the levers. So it's just this really crazy, crazy thing. And then and what's going to happen with, uh, John Turturro's character and, you know, what are they going to, yeah, there's just so much going on. And there's this big question. I have the, the, the whole thing with the wife, I have no clue where that's going. Yeah. Cause she, um, correct me if I'm wrong. The last time we saw her, she was in like the little basement mm-hmm. area, right? Like they were sending her down there. Um, so I really have no clue with all that. 
Um, if I had to like take a guess, I think the season two is going to open with them being wiped again, mind wiped, uh, mm-hmm. completely wiped of any knowledge they have of trying to be non-conformed to the company. Um, but the thing is, she already said her thing at the at the event. You know, mm-hmm. like when she opened up about her experience at the company uh, and being severed, uh, people were listening. I know it was like a family gala or whatever, but like mm-hmm. there were press there. There were journalists there. You know what I mean? Um, so like in one way or another, it's going to come out. So I think you're going to get like a cut between, and this is all like speculative. Like I bet mm-hmm. it's nothing like this, but, um, I think you're going to get like cuts between like, it's going to start with like them being severed again and like them being even more confused mm-hmm. at the office. But then you're going to get like maybe another outsider's perspective about the situation. Um, yeah, and I, well, I think that that happened already. I think that that's already happened with John Turturro's character. I think that he—that's my theory—is that he's been severed way longer than we're being led to believe. Yeah, well, I think he's been there because like there's the compelling theory that he has PTSD, mm-hmm. and he purposely got severed because he couldn't handle it. Um, so he like likes being two different parts which again that's another one of those things that's super fascinating like that that would not be something i would think about on first like first glance at this idea i wouldn't expect yeah. kind of an idea a, a concept that rich i wouldn't expect in a show like this yeah no i mean and i it's funny because like i think one of the downsides to having uh there's there's pros and cons to the age of streaming right now um on the one hand it is cool because like while yes there is uh, there's a point to be made about content and how like some things can be like swept under the rug just because there's so much to watch nowadays. That being said, creators are getting so much money thrown at them just to create anything they want to create. And I knew like vaguely what the show was before I started it. And I knew that I was probably going to like, it cause I like Adam Scott. Um, I love Ben Stiller. Did you ever watch Escape from Danamora? That other no, show? No, but he I'm, did? I'm way more interested in checking it out now. Yeah, uh, Benicio del Toro, Paul Dano, uh, Patricia Arquette. Uh, fucking fantastic show. Shout out to the We Bought a Mic Boys. I was on their podcast years ago, like 2018, I want to say, when that show came out. And I was, and I distinctly remember being on the pod saying, like, oh, I cannot wait to see what Ben Stiller does next. I hope he does more TV. And here we are. We're watching mm-hmm. Severance, and it's fucking amazing. Uh, the great thing about Escape from Danamora, though, it's a very limited series. It's just, it's basically a long movie, uh, but it's fantastic. And I knew if he ever did TV again, it would be fantastic. And here we are with um, with Severance. And it, it's genuinely like one of the best first seasons of television I think I've ever seen. And I think Ben Stiller has proven time and time again that he's a fantastic director. He, yeah, I mean, even even his film work, he's got he's got, you know, Tropic Thunder, Zoolander, yeah. the cable guy, uh and then he, I mean, can I say I'm a I'm a Walter Mitty. Yeah, I love Walter Mitty. I think Walter Mitty's super underrated. It's it's a great movie. It's also like even if you don't like love Walter Mitty as a movie, there's no denying it's like beautiful to look at. Like mm-hmm. it is one of the most visually like ravishing movies. I've and I, I mean, seen. like uh, Zoolander Two sucks. Uh, I'll be the first to say that, but uh, that's bad, one yeah. bad movie out of like. I, I hear Reality Bites is a very good movie as well, but yeah, only only. I mean, Cable Guy, classic. Zoolander, classic. To yeah. uh, Tropic Thunder, class. He's got three classics. 
no, I fucking love Ben Stiller. Like I, I'm, I've always been a very big uh, Ben Stiller fan. He's like, he's a great actor. Like watch the Merowith stories if you don't believe me. Mm-hmm. But uh, as a creator too, and like it seems like a lot of people uh, nowadays, like a lot of artists are like going more for the producing writing side than like the acting side. Um, that's why we're seeing like so many like directorial debuts from actors you know mm-hmm. and i think um ben stiller's been doing i would say like if you look at his filmography he's been doing just as much his entire career and it kind of feels like severance is like i don't say the peak of what he can do but it feels like the culmination of everything we've seen from him in the past where like there is like there's legitimate like comedy in severance like there's like some dark humor there's some like legitimate laughs here and there um but like it feels like it was all coming to a head because it's also so visually interesting. Mm-hmm. Not only just like beautifully shot, but I'm just even talking about like the production design. Yeah, the like, sets, the lighting, yeah, the, yeah, uh, like, the like, framing. Like, yeah, like, and it, it's yeah, it's so that I mean, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily like I'm in love with the show on the first episode, but uh, the way it opens, I was immediately like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the rest of the show. Like I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't head over heels the way I am now. But that opening sequence where he's he's just walking down the hall for two minutes or like I think it's five minutes, actually, it's just a it's 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 such a unique and stylish show. But it's not it's not stylish in an overbearing way. It just it feels like it was it's exactly what it's supposed to be. And it's a very I, I agree that he's 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 definitely shown some you know prowess as a director. But I think this is kind of like a like a boom. Like I, I like this is Ben Stiller being like, hey, I, th- I'm actually really good at this. Right. Yeah, no, I think absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. it's just about the most like interesting directorial like effort I've seen on television in quite some time. Like, I would say since this, I don't think this is huge, but I think since Twin Peaks: The Return, I don't think I've seen a TV show like quite this well directed. And mm-hmm. it's only again because like it's so fucking dynamic. Like the way mm-hmm. that like he just weaves all this in. Like there's heart, there's humor, there's like genuinely scary parts of it. Patricia Arquette is like terrifying in the show. Yeah. Um. Like genuinely, there, there's the scene where he calls, uh, she calls uh, Adam Scott to the office and like yells at him, is like terrifying. Uh, but also like her when she like goes to neighbor mode. And like when she's like snooping around Adam Scott's house, it's like scary, dude. Um, I every performance is fantastic. Um, I, John Turturro in particular is really good in the show. Um, Adam Scott, I mean Adam Scott's always been very good. Uh, I I've been a fan of him like forever. I think like from Step Brothers to Parks and Rec, you know Adam Scott's just always a very funny man. But he has a lot of dramatic chops here, and I mean, especially towards the end of the season, uh, he he really goes for it. Um, I what's the one guy's name that's in the office too? Um, not John Turturro or Adam Scott, but the other guy. I do not know the actor's name. Uh, the guy who plays the friend. Uh, the one, yeah, he's the kind of the breakout star of the show. I think he's really good. He's I know he's the dual flip guy from Spider-Man: Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think he's also the guy from Shang-Chi he's on the bus in that scene I, I remember that uh, but like it seems like he's like a background guy in most movies mm-hmm. and he's in this and he's fantastic in this Jack show Jack Cherry is his name yeah dude uh, fucking awesome I, I know you're listening oh and he's he's in the uh, he's in the he's in, he's in an episode of Succession 
I remember this vaguely, but I can't remember who he plays. He's, uh, you know, when Kendall or when Roman goes to uh, training, the training program. Yeah. He's the guy who's with Kendall or who's with. Uh, oh, yes. And they pitch okay. the idea and they win. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zach um, Cherry. I love him. Uh, he's fucking amazing in this show. Uh, he is so good. Um, I he's think an he's improv guy. He good for him, dude. Because I think he um he uh, later in the show when you find out he has like kids, he becomes like the heart of the show a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'll say Britt Lauer as Helly, uh, also fantastic. I think, and also like I mean I was gonna say like the more um she's kind of like your focal point into the show, mm-hmm. like because it starts with her, it ends with her, kind of sort of. Like a lot yeah, low like key, the, a star is born moment too because she's this is her first role, I think. Is is it really? I don't think it's her yeah. first role. Um, it's not. It's, <laughs> <laughs> she's been in, I will say, it's probably her biggest role mm-hmm. so far because I, I, because I've watched High Maintenance and I love High Maintenance, I think that's a very underrated show that should not have ended. Um, but like. This is probably her biggest role so far, and she's fantastic in the show. And again, like I'm just saying, like the ensemble here is really good. Like it, it's a great ensemble to have for a show. Like it's so good that we haven't talked about the fuck that fucking Christopher Walken is on a TV mm-hmm. show. Like Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken and John Turturro, and they're both amazing. Yeah, they have a little romance in this mm-hmm. show. Uh, it's very, um, it's like melancholy. Like it, it's. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, you did Tramel Tillman. Uh, he plays, uh, I think, is it Mr. Milchick? Uh, great cast. Yeah. Uh, really great. Really, really, really good addition to the cast. Uh, I'd love to see more from him. I, dude, I fucking love this show. I mean, it, where do you think season two goes? Uh, I think you're right. I think it's going to start. They're completely wiped, and it's going to be them kind of re- reverse it. it I, I, and then I, yeah, I think it's it's going to be them kind of seeing the revenants of the previous season. Uh-huh. Um, but then there'll probably be some crazy propaganda shit that the that Lem Limon is pumping into their brains. Well, I think that's gonna be the case because I think that's literally what happened at the very end of the show, right? Is the or at the very end of the season. Is uh the reason it cuts to black is because that's when the lover is like mm-hmm. uh, no longer pulled and they're they're wiped. That's why everything cuts to black. And but again, I think, yeah, someone from the outside world is going to, like... I, I don't know if it's going to be a new character or a character... We, it might be Adam Scott's sister. I don't know. But someone's going to, like, try to, like, get to the bottom of it. It might be multiple people. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I could very much see that happening where, like, a team is, like, comes together to, like, take them down from the outside. And it slowly starts to affect the people on the inside. Uh, and But I think it'll happen much quicker next season like when they snap out of it or they become aware again and it'll be like harsher when it happens like i because they're not going to do the whole like slow burn thing again they can't you can't do it a second time yeah so i or maybe they can't i don't know like i trust whatever ben siller is going to do it's going to be fucking amazing and you know, I, also yeah. it's like uh it's one of those things where fucking uh the the outside people are like aware, like, cause I mean, Adam Scott's sister heard all about it and, yeah. uh, she knows that the, cause she loves the wife too. She, she was like a, she had a personal relationship with her too. So she's not just going to give up on that, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. That's what I that's what I mean. Like I think between like the press people that are there at the event, um, Adam Scott's sister, like there's just too many people that know about it from the outside that Lumont like legally can't stop from doing anything, you know. Uh that I'm and also like another thing about next season, we don't even really know what they were like doing at the company. We yeah, we have no know. idea what the company does. Yeah. Yeah, like and I think that's so fucking funny. And like some shows you'd be disappointed in that when you realize that you're like, oh, I never found out what they were doing. I feel like I wasted an entire season. Not the case here, because that's not the point. I mean, it like is, but it isn't. Like, you know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. it does matter. Like I am curious, but like I'm not unsatisfied that I didn't find it on season one. Because it's like it's not the point right now. I'm I guarantee that like whenever we need to know, we will know. And that's the that's what's so great about the show is that you just feel like you're in the right hands. Mm-hmm. You don't think it's gonna fall off. You don't feel like it's like a Netflix show, like a Stranger Things, where it'll like vary in quality from season to season. I just feel like this is a genuine auteur piece where it's like whatever happens will be by design and I trust the creators to do whatever they want to do with it. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good way to put it. It's uh, you just feel like you're in good hands and it's, you can, you can trust them. Um, so <laughs> I just, <Sorry>. sent, <laughs> I just sent Joe some breaking news that Jason Momoa is in talks to start in the Minecraft. Movie. <laughs> um, and here's another piece of news that I just sent Joey uh, that, or his favorite movie. Um, I don't know if he wants to open the text I just sent him. Uh, that On the Count of Three is releasing in theaters on May 3rd. What? Hell yeah, yeah dude. Is it going to be the... Because I, I, I don't actually know if I'm allowed to talk about what I was going to talk about. I don't. I know what you're talking about. I don't think you're allowed to talk about <laughs> okay. it. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, so never mind. Yeah, who knows, man. Um, I <laughs> Dude, I I'm glad you were able to answer my question without me even having to ask it. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um Wait, so I is it going to recommend uh Rothaniel, uh Jared Carmichael's newest nef- uh, newest HBO special. Uh it's incredible. Yeah, I mean in between so I I think we're done with Severance talk mm-hmm. for now. Yeah, we don't really like it. Don't watch it. That's yeah, don't. No, it's fucking awful. Uh, and by awful, I mean the best show ever. Um, Can I share but, a Stiller story really quick before we yeah, move on? Uh, yeah. So he he was in Night at the Museum three, uh, yeah. and I I saw that movie uh, and I tweeted at him, "Hey man, Night at the Museum three was actually pretty good." And he responded, uh, "Thanks man." So that was my uh, that's my Ben Stiller story. <laughs> I kind of want to watch the third one because I like the first two. It's actually pretty good. I've heard. I've actually heard that. I've heard all three are good movies, and I like the first two, so I, I feel like I need to finish the trilogy. Um, it's just one of those things I kick myself. I'm like, you're a douchebag, bro. Why would you say that? <laughs> 14-year-old me. Shut up. You were 14? I was 14, yeah. Damn, dude. Um, By my favorite director, Sean Levy. Uh, if we're going to keep mentioning stuff that we're watching before we get to The Northman and Everything Everywhere... Um, I will say Rathaniel, great recommendation. I think recommend our uh Rathaniel is like one of the best stand ups I've seen in like quite some time. Mm-hmm. And he uh he Jared Carmichael is just like one of the best to ever do it. Mm-hmm. Um he's he's fantastic. Um uh I will say there is one movie that I saw and Joey saw it. I think Joey under sort of like a motherfucker. 
Uh, do you have any idea what movie this could be, Joey? Are you talking about Linoleum? Oh, no, buddy. I'm talking about fucking Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh, God. I <laughs> loved this movie. I'm not even kidding. I thought Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was delightful. I cannot tell you the last time I had that much fun in a movie theater. Um, I saw that. I went to the uh, screening of it. And uh, there were a bunch of kids and adults and people in, like, Sonic costumes. And I, I know absolutely nothing about Sonic. Uh, like, really, I'm aside from, like, the basic basics. Uh, and to just everybody, every 10 seconds, it was like a woo! And I was like, okay, I guess that's something from the game. That's probably something from the game. That's probably something from the game. <laughs> yeah, I, um, no spoilers from me, but during the post credit scene, um when something happens that i think anyone could recognize um uh my whole theater like fucking like you would assume it was like a marvel movie or something yeah dude people love these sonic movies more like people behind us because like i i took my girlfriend to go see it and she was like i i had only popped her sonic cherry the night before (laughs) i showed her uh i showed her the first movie she thought it was okay she thought this one was significantly better than the first one um and then, like, but it's funny, like, she, like, turned around, like, when I started cheering, and she, like, went, like, what the fuck? Because like, they're literally, like, it, it's like a Marvel movie. And this movie feels like a Marvel movie at points. Um, and honestly, it was kind of epic. I can't lie. It, it was it was pretty, it was pretty pog. I've, I had a great time with it. I laughed a lot. I actually was, like, excited watching it. Like, I felt like a baby. I, I was like, oh, it's Sonic and Knuckles and Tails. Like, I don't know. I, I had a good time, man. Um, it's my favorite movie of the year so far. Really? No. But, More so than the next movie we're about to talk about? <laughs> no, uh, but it is very good. Um, I, I genuinely think, and I, I put on Letterboxd, I said, um, I, I said it's the Citizen Kane of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movies. That's high praise. Yeah, out of all two Sonic movies, I think it's the Citizen <laughs> Kane out of the two of them. Um, but I think I don't the next know. one's going to be the Apocalypse Now. I think it's going to be the um, Three Colors trilogy. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be better. It, this really is like a Three Colors trilogy because there's a new color each movie. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, it is a, the Three Colors trilogy. That's a great point. Um, so spe- <laughs> Speaking of colors... Um, speaking of colors, um, speaking of movies, speaking of high pieces of art, uh, we have everything everywhere all at once. The new film from the Daniels, um, who did Swiss Army Man, which is one of your favorite movies, right? Yeah, one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, I really like Swiss Army Man. I don't know if I'm as high on it as Joey is. Um, I, I mean, Sonic I, the Hedgehog, too. Yeah, like I, what if I told you I like Sonic more than Swiss Army Man? I would shoot you in the face. Well, I do. So shoot me. Um, no, I don't. I Swiss Army Man's a very, it's a great movie. It's it's like a, I can only talk about it in context of how I'm gonna talk about their new movie, where I think Swiss Army Man is a great. It's their directorial debut, right? It's the first movie they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a great directorial debut. And this is their third feature. I haven't seen Dick Long. Um, feels they like didn't, a, only one of them did Dick Long. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but I will say this is a masterpiece. <laughs> this 
is a fucking film, dude. Uh, this is literally as good as movies get. Um, I loved it. Uh, we saw it in IMAX. Uh, we went to a very special one night event where they showed uh, they showed it in IMAX, which felt very like. I mean, I don't know about you, dude, but like I cannot imagine seeing it any other way uh, mm-hmm. for the first time yeah it's definitely one i'm itching to go see again i uh i it is it's it's kind of like a flooring movie it's one of those films uh that it kind of is like you kind of are like i i i want to know it, it's 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 yeah it's 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 a masterpiece it's really 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 special movie uh and to kind of get this uh, this early in the year is really surprising. I hope it, because it, it's 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 so well done. Everything about it is great. It's it, it, I've been it's there's a movie we're gonna talk about later uh, that I, I also really like, but uh, it's a bit of hard to recommend. This is like the easiest recommendation you can make. This see this movie as soon as you can. It's a uh, it, it, it it's yeah it's everything you'd want a movie to be. And even though I think I might prefer Swiss Army Man more, just because that that's like a personal film to me, and I I I I've loved it for years. Maybe that will change upon rewatches. Uh, but uh, they've improved pretty much in every way as a director. It's bigger in scale. Uh, there's a lot more going on. Uh, it's it's somehow even more personal. Uh, it's somehow even more creative and original. Uh, and uh, as the resident Marvel hater. On the podcast, I'm going to say that they uh, this is a better multiverse movie for sure. Than what? Than uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, right. I was I forgot about that. Because um, I was like, you haven't even seen Doctor Strange yet. Yeah, I haven't seen um, Doctor Strange yet. I, I mean, Doctor Strange was shot on film, though, which breaks my brain as a film bro. Yeah, I know, right? As a, um, as a based anti-Marvel hater, I uh, it breaks my brain. Yeah, I... Um, Maybe this will, like, have everyone shut the fuck up collectively for, like, one day on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be great. Um, no, I think this is, like, genuinely, like, I when it ended, I, I said, like, I think this is the best movie I've seen in, like, at least two years. Probably three years, you know? Because I think, um, what was my favorite movie last year? I forgot. Uh, I think it was Worst Person in the World. Uh, or licorice pizza i don't remember one of the two i liked this more than both of those movies <laughs> and i definitely liked it more than i think 2020 i don't mean to say, to say definitely condescendingly but like 2020 was sound of metal i believe i liked it more than that um i i will say 2019 was uncut gems i want to say mm-hmm. you I, said I parasite marriage story lighthouse that year yeah yeah but i will say like yeah this is the best movie i've seen since 2019 um and again like you won't you made the point like it's only it's so early in the year and we mm-hmm. already have I, I mean i think we have the same top three at the moment not, not in the specific order but i i'd say everything everywhere batman and northman are in my top three yeah those the are the three. yeah we have three 10 out of 10s and it's not even may yeah yeah no it's, it's really incredible like it's really fucking cool to me that we are thriving so heavily at the beginning of the year um but yeah, no, everything about this movie is just, like, so brilliant. Like, I, I saw it yesterday again at a Regal, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, by the way, this movie is doing killer at the box office. It's doing really good. Um, I think last week it made, like, $7 million or something. And I don't know what it did this weekend, but I'm not kidding, dude. They had it on three different screens at my local Regal. And every showing was sold out. Um, 
and I went yesterday, like at a 3 p.m. showing, I want to say. And uh, I had to sit like towards the front because like every seat was taken up top. Oh, wow. And, and um, when it ended, the whole theater clapped. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I haven't gotten to see. I've only seen it the once, but I'm really, really itching. To, I'm having car issues, so I'm, I'm kind of picking and choosing when I go to the theaters. But I'm, I'm really jonesing to get back into a theater to see this joint again. Yeah, man, it's like really, really, really like incredible, especially kind of second viewing too, like where you pick up. Because uh, you, you said the great the first time. Like it's kind of like an overwhelming experience the first time. <laughs> um. And the second time when you know where it's going, it's still like it's still a wild ride, but you have to pick up on like little details that you missed the first time. And like uh, you can just like kind of attach to the emotion more clearly. And I think it's one of those movies that will really only improve as uh, subsequent viewings happen. You know, it's just crazy because the Batman came out in March and I was like, it's going to be a long time till that, get, that gets topped as my number one. And then less than a month later, it's it's been topped. <laughs> he um, it, it's really like incredible, like how fucking good this year has been already. Like it's already a better year than 2021, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I liked last year for sure. But uh, de- we, I mean, yeah, I mean, if we're doing stats. Uh, I, I, I mean, this is me personally. I won 10 out of 10 last year, and I already have three. I had, like, two last year, I think, with Licorice Pizza and um, uh, Worst Person in the World. But well, do you count at nine days? Do you count, not nine days, do you count Inside as a movie? Yes, but I did not give that a 10 out of 10. Okay, well, then I have two 10 out of 10s for last year. <laughs> um, also, the cast for this movie, dude. Like, um, Michelle Yeoh. Holy shit. Um... What a performance from Michelle Yeoh. Uh, Michelle Yeoh's been a uh, actress that I've I, I've loved her since like I first saw Crouching Tiger like back in the day. Um, I, but also like she's in like a lot of genre movies. You know, she was like in The Mummy. She was in like a James Bond movie. Um, you know, like she's she's like a very respectable actress. And I think Crazy Rich Asians weirdly was the movie that kind of like brought her back into like the spotlight in recent years and like i don't even love that movie but i will say like she is the best part of that movie you know mm-hmm. she gives a very dramatic it's a it's a decent movie i think um but she's fantastic in it. um and i it's really cool to just see her like it, it, like even like through marvel like she was in shang chi last year like so she's like getting work but oh my god it's just not just like the best performance i've ever seen from her she's mm-hmm. incredible in this movie um uh Kehoi Kwan who played uh he played short round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and um god data from the Goonies I don't remember the Goonies that well uh, mm-hmm. but uh, he he's from the Goonies too uh he plays her husband in the movie and Jesus Christ is he fucking in Incredible in this movie as well. Yeah, he as a ama- I think I mean I don't I hate to be this guy, but uh, every performance in this movie could get an Oscar nomination. But uh, Michelle Yeoh and him in particular, I would be I'd be I would be I would be upset if uh, especially if they didn't get nominated. I'd be I, I think because I, he's great. He is so so great in this movie. Uh, I can she, easily she's see amazing. him getting a nomination because like, he'd be in the yeah. best supporting actor category, I believe. And oh yeah, I'm like totally. I don't. I, it's way earned, and I think he could win too. He's like he's really really. Because he's doing, he's kind of doing. Well, this is the second return reference. He's kind of doing a, a a Dale Cooper season three type thing where he's playing four different characters, 
yeah. they're also distinct, and they're also uh, they're just he's just really really great. Well, he does a, like not only is it like that, like in that regard where he like plays multiple different versions of the same guy, but like it's both a um like a physical like performance, like because he performs his own stunts in the movie, and he has a, like a lot of action sequences that are genuinely incredible. But like also like in terms of like emotion, he goes like to varying degrees of places. You know? Yeah, I was I texted Adam. There's a line of dialogue in this movie uh, that delivered by him that I was I was driving to work the next day and I heard I just remembered him saying it and I burst into tears just thinking about it. Like he's able to he's he's he gives he, he kind of bears his soul in this movie. It's so beautiful. Like I he he gives I mean not to like discount Michelle Yeoh cuz she's fantastic in the movie as well, but I think he gives the best performance of the film cuz he is just so mm-hmm fucking incredible in every scene he's in and it's just like the great thing about his role and also like just the character in general is like just how decent of a human he is in the midst of like everything going on like his superpower is his humanity is like Mm -hmm. his goodness his decency to his core and it's really like a beautiful thing to watch there's a scene very light spoilers where like mid action sequence he just like tries to talk about it Mm-hmm. And that could be played as a corny moment, but the way he delivers it is just about the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Um, this movie, fucking amazing, man. Um, also, I will say, uh, the girl who plays their daughter, uh, Stephanie uh, Hazu, uh, she also great in this movie. Um, she has to, I mean, I don't want to like spoil it in case people haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, she like the character goes through like different variations, almost like um, Kehoi Kwan does. But like she she goes through like different like versions of the same character. But towards the end, when her and Michelle Yeoh get like emotional scenes together, like she made me cry. Um, I thought she was fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then just the whole dynamic between all three of them as a family unit, I thought was just beautiful like i i thought it was the most beautiful thing i've seen in film in quite some time yeah this is a the, the last 30 minutes of this movie is a try not to cry challenge it, it really <laughs> it really is like i i think it's just so and it's amazing how they pull it off because like the first two acts are like incredibly dense like thematically and storytelling wise um they're emotional they're it's very ex- existential, you know, because mm-hmm. um, it, it it's just really incredible the way it bounces like all that with giant action set pieces that it'll melt your brain to find out that the VFX team for this movie was five people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, geez. It's that's absolutely insane to me. Um, the stunts are amazing. The action choreography is absolutely jaw dropping. Uh, the oh my god the score in this movie mm-hmm. is insane uh, visually it's the most beautiful movie I've seen in a long time um, like there's literally like nothing wrong with this movie and then the way that like it has all these spinning plates at one time and yet it manages to connect all the dots back together into a full circle by the end it's incredible what they accomplish in this movie um, I it, it's a ten out of ten for me, dude. It, it's one of the best movies I've seen in many years. Yeah, I would also give this film a ten out of ten. It, it, it's a masterpiece. So if you have not seen 
everything everywhere all at once yet. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. Um, it's playing, it, it, it expanded uh, this yeah. weekend. It's playing in a lot of different theaters. Uh, the Regal that I grew up going to uh, for Orlando people in Apopka, uh, it's, it has eight screens and they are very selective about what they show. But I looked at the show times and they, they're playing it there, which I think is very funny because uh, it's a very like rural area. <laughs> so like the idea that it's playing there is just funny to me. Um, but speaking of rural areas um, in the north uh, with men. Mm-hmm. I was going to say speaking of 10 out of 10s. That also is true. Uh, we have the Northmen, the latest Robert Eggers joint. Um. So me and Joey have been excited for this movie for, I mean, I think it's actually kind of cute. We, we've seen both of the last two Robert Eggers movies together. Mm-hmm. We got to keep, uh, we'll, we'll see Nosferatu together as well. That's, oh, I can't fucking wait. Uh, Nosferatu. What a fucking get for that. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, wait, who's, who's playing Nosferatu? Uh, I think he said he wants Willem Dafoe. Oh, I would come. I would come everywhere. Which is almost like that almost seems too easy, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I think I read somewhere that who dropped out someone dropped out of it. Um, um someone I don't know. I who cares? Uh, I think Anya Taylor Joy is still attached to it. Of course she is. And it's funny because like I was reading an interview the other day. Um Oh, apparently. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, Willem Dafoe is still apparently part of it, um, but he's not completely sure if it's going to come to life. Oh, really? That's sad. Yeah, I'm bloody disgusting. He did an interview for it. Um, he's not completely sure that it's going to happen. Um, but I, if it does, like that'd be incredible. Um, yeah, Eggers said we definitely have been talking about it, and I don't know why it's been so hard to make it happen. Um. Who? What's the studio that owns the rights? I believe. Um, let me check. Or I bet I don't know if it's like one of those public domain situations where it's like anyone can do a Nosferatu movie. But um, but that being said, I will say uh, Harry Styles dropped out. Well, that was um, isn't that the 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 Chloe Zhao version? They're making a Chloe Zhao version. Am I wrong about that? Dude, I just saw... I don't know, man. There's too much going on with this Nosferatu piece of shit. Um, let's see. Well, she's... Oh, my bad. She's making a Dracula movie. So, sort of, kind of the same thing. Not really. <laughs> um, anyways. <laughs> Fucking Edgar said, dude, I don't know, man. It's falling apart twice. <laughs> I love Robert Eggers. Um, yeah, Harry Styles was the one who dropped out of it. Interesting. And I, 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 I do like... I know this is touchy for Joe. I like Harry Styles as an actor. So I like I, him as an actor. <laughs> um, so I love The Witch. I saw The Witch when it came out in theaters. And um, I loved it back then. I, I thought it was one of the best horror movies I had seen in years at that point, And I think that's still true today. Um, and then the lighthouse came out. Me and Joey saw that together. I remember in blue, because uh, mm-hmm. the the projector burned out, and there was an, literally a blue filter over the movie, um, which I think ruined the experience. Not gonna lie. 
Yeah, uh, kind of. Uh, we kind of had a bad time with it. Yeah, and then I remember we went to go see... Well, I went to go see it again. I don't know if you saw it again in theaters, but... Yeah, I, I eventually did get to go see it again. I, I ended up seeing it four times in theaters. Because uh, I remember I went again with Front of the Pod, Zach Perry, opening night. And then again a third time. And then, like, one day I was just, like, at, around a regal with Unlimited. And I was like, fuck it, let's go a fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched, like, three times with the pandemic. And I genuinely think now that Lighthouse is, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, it's a masterpiece. It's a 10 out of 10. I, It's one of those movies where I think it's, this might be with you, um, My Swiss Army Man. Because mm. I, I may contend that The Northman is their biggest or his biggest and best film. Uh, but I don't know if anything's ever going to top The Lighthouse for me, just personally. Because mm-hmm. it's like such a me kind of movie. Uh, but that being said, The Northman, uh, we went to the screening last week. Um, I believe it was on a Monday. And we were both pretty jazzed about it. And when it was over, me and Joey looked at each other. And we just like nodded and we were like, yeah, like, <laughs> like that's that, that was the Northman, the movie we've heard about for years at this mm-hmm. point. And, um, it fucking delivers. It's incredible. It, it's everything you want a $90 million Viking Robert Eggers movie to be. And more, dare I say, it's more than you'd expect. Yeah, dude, I, so I don't know. I I I feel like I like this movie so much that because I love The Witch. The Witch is one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. I genuinely really really love that film. Uh, and then The Lighthouse is a movie that I really really love as well. I think I like The Witch more than The Lighthouse. But uh, this might be my favorite of his movies. Honestly, I I was just so I think he combines those two movies. It's got kind of the art house flair uh, of The Lighthouse, but with kind of that really slow plotting super engaging filmmaking uh that's the type of present in in uh the witch uh and i yeah. think he's yeah he's kind of uh i again yeah i don't know it's his movies are so these these films are so hard to rank because they're all so definitive and they all feel like such classics right off the bat that it's like it's like it's it's like killing your dar- darlings trying to pick your favorite one yeah i mean there's no like because like if someone like ranked it like i don't know like because mine would probably be like i would probably go the lighthouse the witch and then the northman oh it's your least favorite yeah but like again out of like fucking three Mm -hmm. absolute bangers like it doesn't mean anything like if someone went the northman the witch and the lighthouse which is that how you do it uh that's how i would do it yeah i see like i wouldn't i wouldn't call you crazy yeah, I mean, I, 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 but that's why I'm like, I need to rewatch The Witch and I need to rewatch The Lighthouse and I need to rewatch The Northman just to really get my, my bearings set as to where I stand with this Eggers motherfucker. I, the only reason I put it last is because, like, I, it's not, it has nothing to do with The Northman itself. It, it has nothing to do with the movie itself. It's just how much I fucking love those other two movies. Like, mm-hmm. that's all it really is. And I think genuinely, like, I, they're all, like, in the tin to nine out of 10 range. Like they are all absolutely going to end up on my best of the year list. Like the lighthouse was like in my top three that year, I believe mm-hmm. um, uh, the witch was definitely in my top 10 that year. And this will be in my top 15. I'm pretty sure. Um, I mean, there's a lot of movies coming out this year. I don't know for sure, but it's, it's already a high contender. I think um, it, it's an absolute banger. And I, I think you're right on the money 
when you said that, like, it's one of those movies that, like, really, it gives a indie director a massive budget, and he doesn't lose sight of himself in that budget. Um, it, it perfectly bounces out that, like, the, the sensibilities, his, like, his signature direction with, like, a giant scale. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of amazing how it operates as both, like, a tragedy and, like, a um, a folktale, almost. Mm-hmm. But, like, also yeah, and it's Shakespearean. Like, it's got so much going on. But also, like, being a fucking action movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a straight-up action movie at points. Um, there is like some set pieces in this movie. There's like an opening, not opening, but there's like a, uh, in the first like 30 to 40 minutes, there's a great one take sequence where he, I, I won't spoil it, but he like raids a village. That's all I'll say. And, uh, me and Joe, I like, I looked at Joe at one point and my jaw was dropped. Cause I was like, what I'm watching this right now. <laughs> like, I cannot believe I'm watching this. Yeah. Adam um, was like punching in the air. He was going, bro, he's freaking yeah, out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was like, I like, I, cause like, there were just so many shots where I was like, I, and Joe can attest to this towards the end of the movie. I like literally leaned up. Like I was like <laughs> sitting on the edge of my seat, literally. Um, and because like this movie again it's so well directed it's so brutal and so like interesting and so like and the action is riveting and also the story is so compelling like it's genuinely like a very compelling story that by the halfway point i i what i love about this movie is that it takes a giant narrative turn halfway through i would say or at least a quarter or like three quarters of the way through where it completely changes how you perceive the story that you're watching. And I love when movies do that. And I don't know if there's a, like a guy who does that better than Robert Eggers. Like he did it in the lighthouse. He did it with the witch. He loves like giving his characters and the narrative that they live in a giant curveball to work with. And the, I think this one might have my, my favorite thematic turn mm-hmm. of any of his movies. Um, it's really incredible. Like, um, what, like, I, I, cause it's, I don't want to spoil it, but like, there's just like a certain dynamic in this movie that is twisted immediately. And it changes your entire perception of every character, everything that's happening. And it's brilliant. It is so fucking amazing. Um, and with a lesser director, it could have easily been sold short but he's so fucking good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, what I love about him, and I, this is how I feel about uh, his movies, is like there. And I think uh, Ari Aster is another guy who does this, where he's able to make art house movies. Um, right. Because I'd say this is an art house film, uh, less Definitely. so than the lighthouse. Like the lighthouse is full blown art house, uh, and the witch uh, is is very much still kind of in that vein. Right. Uh, but he's able to make these like really thoughtful, like incredibly detailed worlds uh, that are like fully fleshed out uh it's got all the kind of the the vegetables of an art house movie uh even though i don't i don't i don't like that i I like i think art house movies are awesome but uh, he's got kind of the he's he's got the the filmmaking and and the writing and the world building he's this guy eggers clearly has a has a real thing about world building and i think most of the budget probably went into this the gorgeous sets for this movie 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but with these three films, the White, the Witch, Lighthouse, and the Northman, he's able to make art house movies that are fucking awesome. Like they're they're like awesome movies. Like they're fucking like super super entertaining. I can throw them on, crack open a couple beers. Let's throw the fucking Northman on and have a great time. You know. It's a great time, yeah. Like it's it's a movie for the boys. It feels like exactly. Like, that's right. He he makes art house movies for the boys. You know. Yeah, that's how. I mean, that's what I love about the lighthouse. And like when I said I watched it like three times over the pandemic, that's kind of what I mean. Is that like, it's a genuinely entertaining movie. And it also like the thing about the lighthouse, it's fucking funny. Like that's a funny ass movie. Um, but like at the same time as like the movie's literally about like rooming with the boys. That's what yeah. that movie's about. <laughs> Um, I, I took comfort in it in the pandemic, you know, like I, I took comfort in that movie. Um, and I think this movie is almost like, it's like a very metal, like Viking epic action movie. It's a revenge thriller, but like it challenges those notions of revenge. So like he gets to have his cake and eat it too. Like he, he gives you the amazing one shot action sequences. He gives you great like sword fights and like, uh, Viking battles and fist fights and uh, uh, just moments of true gore too, but like at the same time he like tries to give you like a philosophical outlook on it after it happens, mm-hmm. and it completely works. It completely works, and almost to the point where I'm like, I could see this becoming a genuine commercial success. I hope it is. I I could see it happening because I don't think, um, because you know like when we see a movie we really love. And it's marketed in a way where you can tell they want to like commercialize it, mm-hmm. but you're like, but then we see it and we're like, I, I just don't see the audience going for it. I could see the audience going for this one. I could see yeah, them genuinely. It's, it's fucking like, brutal too. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a fucking brutal movie. It is. It's genuinely like, I mean, I'm not saying for me, this is how I felt, but I would say like, I could see some audience people, like if they're fucking stupid, like being like, um lost or not lost but like bored by the first like half of the movie but i don't see how anyone would be bored by the second half of the movie (laughs) because the second half of the movie is like shit gets real like very quick and i mean for me from start to finish i was completely engaged with it i thought i thought the slow burn really paid off for the first act and then when it all comes to a head in the second half it's like it's one of the best like cinematic pleasures i've had in a while you know mm-hmm. but, yeah for sure it's I, I was like really i was like like energetic after the movie was over yeah we didn't really, like, really know what to do with ourselves after the movie was over yeah i was like well, i was like stepping on the seats on the theater and shit i was going crazy yeah man it's uh i'm gonna go see it again next week uh it, yeah I'm, it's, I'm super excited to see this one again yeah it, it's one of the best movies i think i've seen in quite some time um it makes the case that every uh, indie directors should be given a $90 million budget at some point in their lives because you'll get something like this. And I hope to God that this gets its money back at the box office. So studios will continually fund Robert Eggers because, I mean, I love The Lighthouse, I love The Witch. And I, like I said, I do prefer those movies over this one. But I think this proves that he's more than worthy for studios to take him seriously. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it, we know he's worthy. We know he is. But, like, at this point, it's like, okay, like, what else does he have to do? Because, like, mm-hmm. he just gave you, like, the best blockbuster. And, yeah, I'll call it a blockbuster. That, that's kind of what this is, dude. Like, it, it's a big budget movie with A-list stars. Like, what else is it? It's a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, with, I, with, with like extended ac- action sequences, lots of violence, uh, fucking cool ass fight scenes. And uh, we haven't even, dude, we haven't even gone over the cast either, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we didn't even Sk- mention the actor. We've just been talking about him. Dude, Alexander Skarsgård, fuck it, he's a beast in this movie. Yeah, bro puts his whole pussy in this performance. <laughs> his Skarsussy. His Skarsussy uh, for sure, man. Uh, he's incredible. You can tell, like, that he genuinely, like, uh, physically brought himself together for, like, months, if not a year, for this movie. Because, I mean, we keep going back to that opening or, like, that tracking shot in the beginning. Um, but that scene, there's, like, a scene where he, like, flexes his muscles while he's walking with the two swords. And I out loud went, holy shit. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm like, I've never seen a man... Like it seemed like it seems like it. I've never that, seen a man either. I've never seen a man. I've never seen a man in that like peak of physical form. It feels like because it feels like he's like at peak performance in this movie. Um, he he's incredible. Like, and it's the same thing that I mentioned with um, Kehoe Kwan and Michelle Yeoh and everything everywhere. But like he he, Skarsgård deserves some consideration for this movie because. He goes for it dramatically entirely. He's always a great actor. Um, but also, like, the physical stuff he had to do for this movie. Like, you can tell he really had to prepare physically. And he had to really commit to it physically. And he does. He goes all the way with it. Um, and it's really impressive to watch. I think he gives a fantastic performance in this. Well, he's um, amazing. Uh, Nicole Kidman uh, is a really, really great... And it's kind of like we could talk about the other people, but this is really his movie. Like he's, I mean, yeah. the other like it, there's uh, people are in it for extended periods of time, but like a lot of these actors, like you know Ethan Hawke, uh, Willem Dafoe, they're kind of they have like a, a few choice moments, and then like someone like Bjork has two scenes in it, or Bjork, I said her name wrong. Bjork, yeah. Uh, well, like Willem Dafoe, Ethan Hawke, they they all have pretty small roles, mm-hmm. like in the grand scheme of things. Like, I think um, it's really, like, I would say Anya Taylor-Joy gets a shout-out, too, because Anya Anya's really good in this movie. Um, mm. And she kind of plays the heart of the movie, I would say. That's, like, a phrase of mine that I'm really enjoying. But, like, I'm finding, like, the, like we are getting, like, more and more films like that where the supporting cast or there's, like, a supporting character who's kind of the heart of the entire film and I think that that's very true for her character in this movie. Like, she is the heart of this movie. She's the humanity mm-hmm. of everything going on. And as always, Anya Taylor Joy is fantastic in this. And, um, but yeah, Nicole Kidman's great. Anya Taylor Joy is great. Ethan Hawke is good for the bit that he's in. Um, I mean, yeah, but like you said, everything goes back to Skarsgård. Um, also, I will say the guy uh, who plays. I don't even want to spoil like who he plays, but he plays the king of the North at a certain point in the movie. Later on, he's the main guy that the Northmen uh, wants to go after. Um, his name's Clay's Bang. He's also very good in the movie. Uh, he's a great adversary, uh, just a perfect guy to root against. Um, really liked him. Um, also, like the soundtrack for this movie, like the um, it's the music and the score, it's incredible. There are certain scenes where it is getting you so fucking like excited, um, like it just gets you like completely pumped up. Um, 
and if I'm not mistaken, I'm looking at like uh their the letterbox page, so I don't know if they've done TV, but I think this is the first score they've ever done for a movie. Wow, really? Yeah, it's an incredible score too. Jeez. Um yeah, if that's true, and I could be wrong about that, but from via letterbox says the two composers they've never done a movie before. Um Damn, I mean, I that's uh that's really interesting because the the scores for the witch and uh, the lighthouse are both really really great. Yeah, I that's what I loved about this. Um, like I I thought the score, like again, like there's just so many moments where like where the Northman's about to commit like an act of violence, and then the score like amps up and it just helps you get like even more amped up about it. Um, and I will say uh the cinematography as always with a Robert Eggers movie is beautiful. It's the same cinematographer as the Lighthouse and the Witch, mm-hmm. so you can expect exactly that. It looks beautiful. At, like there's no reason to doubt that it would look great. Um, I mean, it's just us praising it. There, I have no notes. There's nothing bad. There's, there's nothing I would do differently about this film. I think in, in terms of like storytelling and direction and everything in between, it's a pretty perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, only on first viewing, but my film of the year so far. Really? Over mm-hmm. the Batman? Over the Batman and everything everywhere. Wow, man. Okay. So rank your top three then. Northman, Everything Everywhere, Batman. See, that's funny. I'm um currently, and this is very fluid, but uh, Everything Everywhere, Batman, Northman. Yeah, again, I gotta. That's why I have so many movies to rewatch now. That's that's a, a, like a when you watch a really good movie by a director, you're like, oh, I want to watch everything they made again. I just want to go through. I just want to like really see. This guy, this Eggers, I really want to see this guy's career. I want to go back and rewatch Swiss Army Man. I want to rewatch Matt Reeves' movies. It's just, yeah. you know, when you get the when you get the movie bug, you can't stop. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I I love it. I I think this is like one of the best movies I've seen in a while, and um, it makes me want to go rewatch The Lighthouse tonight. And I think next week I'm definitely gonna go see The Northman again. So, um. But yeah, no, 10 on 10, man. I mean, it's kind of weird talking about three perfect things back to back. But <laughs> because it feels like we're just like on a cloud nine right now. Like we're just being spoiled yeah, dude. with good and shit. And fucking uh, Taylor Joy's just getting started this year. Uh, I, you know, she's got, um, the, she's in Canterbury Glass coming out. Um, I don't think her Furiosa movie comes out this year. Oh, no, they haven't even shot it yet. Oh wow, okay. Well, she's in Super Mario Bros. Uh, she's got a movie with the Succession guys. Uh, she's just right. getting started. She's uh, she's definitely one of my favorite actresses right now. Yeah, no, she's great. Um, I I love her and everything she's in. Thoroughbred Gang Rise Up. Thoroughbred Gang Rise Up. Um, Emma Gang Rise Up. <laughs> hey, I love Emma. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I everything about this year so far has been great, and we have been gifted with two perfect movies in like a two or three week span of each other. So uh, definitely don't take this for granted guys. If you haven't seen everything everywhere yet, go check that out. Um, If you please plan on seeing the Northman this weekend, uh, it's totally, or whenever you listen to this totally worth your time. It's absolutely incredible. Please give it money. So like Mm -hmm. studios will like make movies like this more often um, because it's well deserved. Yeah, it's a, it's a, this is a, the, I mean, I'm glad to see the Batman did great. I'm glad to see uh, everything everywhere doing great, but let's try to get the, uh, let's try to get the, 
Let's try to get this one up there too, you know? Yeah, it would be, and I think it will. I think it'll do really good. Uh, and, I don't uh, know. Also, pour one out for the Fantastic Beast franchise. Uh, oh yeah, we we did not even talk about that shit. Um, we thought it would I, go out with a bang, but, a, but it went out with a whimper. Yeah, I um, the next one's about to be an HBO Max original. Um, <laughs> it's about to be a Max original. <laughs> Man, bro. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I saw the new Fantastic Beasts and um. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, cause I, ever since I was a kid, I t- asked my mom, like, Hey mom, what, what are the secrets of Dumbledore? And she laughed at me and she <laughs> said, Oh honey, you'll, you'll find out soon enough. And then when I was 15, I, you know, I went to my dad and I was like, dad, what, what are the secrets of Dumbledore? And he said, son, you're not ready yet. And then I was like, well, damn. Okay. And then here we are in the year 2022. And finally I get to find out the secrets of Dumbledore and, it turns and the out movie, uh, doesn't really. There's only one. They yeah, say there's Ritz. Uh, it's there's more like one, a, and it's, it's not more, even his secret. It's more like a rumor. Um, exactly. The rumors I, of Dumbledore. More the like. rumors of Dumbledore. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I and it's just like really upsetting that people are coming out to the box office for it because I've been waiting for so long um, to see these secrets unfold. Um, no, the movie sucks. Uh, yeah, it's slow ass. It's it's bad. Um, I'll say it, it's less bad than the last one, only slightly. Uh, <laughs> I I told a friend of the pod Abdonado yesterday. I'm like, if the first the last one was like a one out of five, this is like a two out of five. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like I don't know. It's all it's only less bad in the way where I didn't want to kill myself the entire time. Um, but it's still not good. Uh, the I still like the first movie. Weirdly enough, I still think the first movie is good. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, the first movie. Well, it's because like there's no Grindelwald bullshit for the first like two hours, and then mm-hmm. and then the then it ends, and you're like, oh, damn it, okay. And then like and then the because like I I will say I like the first one, but then the the worst parts of the first one though are the Grindelwald scenes, the the politics scenes, you know, mm-hmm. uh like with because like who cares about wizard politics like really. Yeah, I don't want to see Wizard Trump, you know? Yeah, oh my, dude, Grindelwald is literally Wizard Trump. I texted, and I don't advocate using your phones during movies, guys, but I texted Joey halfway through the movie and when I was sitting in the theater for it, and I said, I just said, is this about Trump? <laughs> because it's literally about election fraud. <laughs> yeah, dude, kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it, it's really funny. Um, yeah, it's bad. Don't see it. Uh, I like Mads Mikkelsen and I like Jude Law, but it's it's just not worth your time. It's it's really not. Um, and if they make two more of these, I I don't. I where are you gonna see the next one? No. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, and I will say, Joey only saw it because of me. So yeah, if you need me to see it, I'll go. But uh, I don't think they're gonna make one. It's doing pretty poorly. Yeah, like what forty million at the box office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, fuck this movie, dude. I, I I really didn't like it. Um, love Jude Law. Love uh, usually like Eddie Redmayne. Uh, Catherine I, Watterson nowhere to be seen in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Dan Fogler uh, steals the show again. He's uh, great. He's, he's able to survive this. But uh, I, yeah. How much? Just... I, my prediction now is that they make because they're they were planning on doing five of these. Uh, well, first of all, there's no way that happens at this point. Uh, but I'm assuming next it's going to be uh, either going to be an HBO Max original or they're going to do one more, but they're going to combine four and five into one. They're going to do like a big finale one? 
yeah like a big like finale which like i don't fucking care like i do you care because i don't care yeah i don't really give a shit i um uh, i like and it's crazy because i love mads is like the guy right now i love mads mickelson yeah. and it's like He's good in the movie. It's just like you can't He's really, really give it anything to do. And it's like I Jude Law is one of my I think Jude Law is a super underrated actor. Yeah. Love that guy. Given nothing to do. It's just nothing. These movies are nothing. Yeah, they're absolutely nothing. And that's and why like, the first one remains superior because it's just about like little creatures. Yeah. Like, and I, I think it's like the thing is, I know it's like popular to to dunk on JK because she's an idiot. But yeah, she's such a bad screenwriter. She's so bad <laughs> at writing. Right uh, she's got to stop. Well, that's why, like, the Harry Potter movies are so good, because if I'm not mistaken, she didn't write the screenplay for all the movies. Um, no, she, I think she was, like, consulted, but she didn't write. She wasn't, like, involved. She wasn't, like, on set. Yeah, and, like, at least the earlier Potter movies, like, they bounced from director to director, so each one felt, like, visually different. Um, like, that's why Azkaban is, like, considered to be the best one, because, like, Alfonso Cuaron did that one. Like, that's that's a perfect movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, like, to have, like, the same franchise where we have, like, a literal movie by Alfonso Cuaron, and then we have, like, fucking David Yates, like, for the past, like, 15 years doing the same goddamn thing. And it's just... And he's not, like, a bad director or anything. It's just, like, at this point, he feels tired. It's, like, I think when you haven't switched a director in a franchise in 15 years, I think it's time to either A, give up, or B, give to somebody else. Yeah, and it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, I saw a tweet saying this, but it's, like, these are movies about wizards. Like, they just, and at this point, I mean, those, the, 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 the I think the reason that the Yates Harry Potter movies work is because he was kind of, he, he jumped on board when the movies turned very serious. Well, yeah, he, Order of the Phoenix, right? Yeah, Order of the Phoenix is his first yeah. one, and then he does the Half-Blood Prince, and then he does the Deathly Hallows movies, and it's, like, those were a very kind of transitional phase, so kind of the color... Yeah. leaving the franchise is a is an intentional thematic thing yeah. and in these movies it's just right off the bat we're just in like kind of glossy gray land and it's like well, these are supposed yeah. to be fun i mean and also at this point why is it called fantastic beasts if they, the, the beasts have nothing to do with these movies anymore yeah well I, I will say like even like those um like even if it like was intentional for like those harry potter movies to look like grayer they also like genuinely do just look better straight up Mm -hmm. than these movies like um like because like these movies like literally feel like drab like like i finally like i i think sometimes like the marvel thing is like overblown because like you know you have stuff like guardians 2 or thor ragnarok that like legitimately visually pleasing Mm -hmm. but like i gotta say every fantastic beast movie even the first one they look ugly like straight up ugly um, and you're right about the beast part because like there's only like if I'm not mistaken like one sequence in this entire movie where it's like about the creatures mm-hmm. and that's the best part of the whole movie like the part with the little crab monsters yeah where, like that's it's one little segment of the entire movie and it's great because I actually was like laughing at that scene because I'm like oh this is cute like it's like what I liked about the first movie and then it's funny the second that scene ends it cuts back to Grindelwald and I'm like fuck this dude I hate this like mm-hmm. every time Every time I'm about to like this movie, like it just keeps going back to the same bullshit. Um, I think it's funny because I think Harry Potter is in its prequel era right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I just hope we don't get like, because I think there is like validity to the revisionist history of like prequel era stuff. I think there is validity to like reclaiming George Lucas as an auteur. That's hmm. valid. But that being said, Please never for if, if someone's listening to this twenty years from now, never fucking do it for J.K. Rowling. Never give her yeah. 
the benefit of the doubt. Never give her the satisfaction of saying the Fantastic Beast movies were good, actually. Like, no, they weren't. Don't say it. Don't do it. Leave it to die. It's fine. We're going to get like a Force Awakens Harry Potter movie in 20 years when J.K. Rowling sells the rights to Warner Brothers. And it'll be great. It'll be fun. <laughs> and she won't write the screenplay. She'll just be like saying weird shit on Twitter and then we're going to pretend we didn't read it. Okay, it's fine. So, let it die. Uh, yeah, kill dude, it if you have to. This is real Last Jedi shit. Yeah, kill it if you have to, you know. Um, all right, I didn't even mean to talk about Fantastic Beasts, but... <laughs> yeah, we got a little Fantastic Beast review in there. We had to just, like, vent a little bit, I think, because we, we were both started by it this week. Yeah, it was, it's, it's really bad. I saw it with somebody, and I turned to them, and I was like, uh, we should probably just fall asleep. <laughs> we should. This would be the best right now if we just both fell asleep. Yeah, I um, I, I took my girlfriend to go see it, and she was like, and it's funny because she's a big Potterhead, um, but she um, same. She, she, well, she didn't even like see the second one because she like gave up after the first one. <laughs> um, and so it's funny she only really went to the third one because I, I was like, hey, do you want to go see it? And she was like, sure. And um, I had to like. And it's funny how, like, simplistically I could, like, break down the second one to, like, bare bones and she completely got the third one just fine. <laughs> and it's and that just goes to show, like, J.K. Rowling is so full of shit. Because, like, so much of this movie happens and you're like, oh, none of this had to happen. Like, yeah, there's, no, of... there's no real plot. It's just kind of, like, scenes happen. I think you could have combined two and three into one movie. And it maybe would have been a more thematically rich movie. With, like, spoiler alert for the second movie, uh, Credence finding out that he's a Dumbledore half or at the end of the second movie. If you did that as, like, the turning point halfway through the second movie and then have the all of this movie be the entire latter half of the second movie, I could see it if you mesh it all together into one thing, it might be kind of okay. But it's literally you're dragging out half of a movie into two hours. And then they still have two more to go. Yeah, it's like, where? I don't even know. It's it's one of those things where this franchise has no fucking bullshit. direction. It's bullshit, dude. No, it's this is exactly what happens when, like... I know we're all, like, for creative freedom and blah, 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 blah. But, like, I'm sorry. Sometimes you need, like, a fucking studio to, like, rein you in. I think the Harry Potter franchise is, like, a perfect example of, like, studio meddling done right. Like, because, like, they, like, they didn't let J.K. Rowling have control of her property for a fucking reason back in the day. And now that she has creative control, guess what? It fucking sucks now. And everyone hates it. Remember when everyone loved Harry Potter? Remember when everyone Mm -hmm. loved it collectively? No, now everyone hates it. Why? Because she fucking sucks as a human being and a creator and a writer. And she's not a filmmaker and she should like be banned from the Warner brothers lot. I fucking hate it. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know, it sucks when, like, you're, shit, it's not only is she, like, saying dumb shit all the time, but now the move, now the, the the content sucks, you know? Yeah, man. It's, it's uh, like, if you're gonna be problematic, at least be talented, you know? Yeah, uh, and she's, like, not, she hasn't been for, like, 20 years, um, and it's, I would say it's sad, and I guess to an extent it is sad, but, like, on the other hand, she, it's really her fault, it's, it's all her fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to have any sympathy for her. Um, 
Yeah, fucking don't go see that movie. See The Northman, see Everything Everywhere, watch Severance on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't see the Fantastic Beast movie. Um, yeah, please don't. Uh, let it die. <laughs> yeah, kill it if you have to. <laughs> um, so we'll be back. Uh, I mean, I don't know, because like probably next one we're going to do is Doctor Strange, I want to say. Yeah, uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, that Nick Cage movie is coming out. I'm seeing it Friday night. I'm pretty excited. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I've heard good things. To Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go see it on Friday. I'm excited about that. Um, but I'm pretty sure the next pod we'll do is for, uh, Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. Doctor, Doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of Doctor Strange. And then after that, it'll probably be Better Call Saul. Yeah, Atlanta. Um, Atlanta. Men. Men. Yeah, we got so many, uh, Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Oh, I cannot wait for that. That's a that's a movie that someone has seen. That How are you gonna talking. feel when I make that my favorite movie of the year? Um, I won't blame you. I I won't blame you at all. I'm I'm, I'm gonna be really happy for you, Joey. I'm gonna give you a little pat on the head and say good Thank job. Thank you, man. Thank you. I mean, that makes me really happy. That makes me excited. So speaking of um things, what do you want to plug? Oh. Yeah, um, when is this getting posted? Uh, today. Today, so to, uh, probably today, uh, I think so, uh, there will be a new Aggressively OK production entitled Things Are Looking Up. Go check it out on YouTube. I had a lot of fun making this movie. Uh, uh, Rico and I, uh, Rico's been in the editing room day after day cranking this one out for you guys. Um, Adam is once again uh, funding it all. So if you like yeah. our podcast, please go support it. Uh, check Guys, it out. It's please, only seven minutes. Please watch it. I I have to justify this payment, this, this, <laughs> this funding to my wife, because she's looking at the balances and she's not she's not really happy with my um with my spending. But Joey just keeps begging me for money, and I just have to keep giving yeah. it to him. Why did I need ten mil for seven minutes? You gotta find <laughs> out. He, you can see it in the camera. Like he, mm-hmm. he really puts all ten million in every frame. Uh, no, it's really good. I liked it a lot. Uh, Rico is a good buddy of ours, so it was, um, uh, it was fun to see him, uh, do his thing and see Joey direct once again. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a great time. So definitely. I mean, hopefully it's, is it up tonight? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I think I, I think after we're done with this, I'm going to look at the final cut and then put it on. Okay. Yeah. So, um, if it's not up on AOK, AOK's, uh, YouTube channel, when you listen to this, check back tomorrow or something and it'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow, uh, well, where can people follow you online? You can find me at Joseph underscore ceremony on most platforms. Perfect. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Uh, letterboxed Adam not Sandler. Uh, you can follow the pod at AOK online on Twitter and aggressively okay online on Instagram. Uh, where we we you know we post all the updates about what's going on with the pod and uh, we also have our website aggressivelyokay.com where we write written reviews. Um, Joey has his full Dumbledore thoughts on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know you can't wait. So yeah, look at that. Uh, I'm I'm currently writing my Northman review right now. Uh, so that'll be up later. Uh, and yeah, that's probably where we're gonna find the Doctor Strange review first because <laughs> we're we're going to a 
I think we can say it. We're going to a screening on May 2nd, so uh, we're uh, we're excited about that. We'll have a review up for that as soon as possible. Mm. Uh, but uh, until next time, gamers, uh, keep on gaming. Keep on going north, man. Mm-hmm. Everything. And, uh, yeah, keep everywhere. going everywhere all at once. Yeah. All right. Bye, gamers.